Today, we explore twin flame love stories and uniting the divine masculine and feminine within. Juicy stuff. Hey, it's Cheryl Sitz. Welcome to Exploring Possibilities, where we are transforming life from the inside out in holistic spiritual ways since 2012. You'll find our entire library of shows on journeyofpossibilities.com, and new episodes come out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. To keep our content free and easily accessible at your convenience, we do appreciate your contributions at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And today's guest, Miguel Dean, will join us in just a moment. So I had some problems with my computer because, hey, Mercury's retrograde and we're all having problems with computers. And when Mario remoted in so that he could work on my computer from his office and my home, my convenience, in my bathrobe with my bunny slippers, I thought, you know, you should be telling people that you do this. You do this for a lot of people, don't you? Uh, actually, majority of my clients right now. I think I've only gone and visit, uh, what, two clients of mine? <laughs> Where everybody else is remote. Yeah. So what this means is whatever you're trying to figure out how to do or whatever's breaking that you need fixed or those funky contracts the big box stores sell you that they'll they'll fix your computer and then you have to be without it, Mario can do it while you're right there. Yeah, it's real easy. It, 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 I give you uh, a link to a website, then you give me a special code. I put that code on my software over here and I log into your computer. And so, you're watching him. So he's not going and snooping around in your emails and checkbook and stuff. <laughs> no, it, and it doesn't load anything. It's a real time app. So once I'm done, you close out that app and it, I can't access it anymore after that. I love it. So if you're worried about privacy, see, so that's so convenient right in your living room. And you know what's even better? He's a Affordable. That's very true. <laughs> I don't charge you those box store prices on any of my stuff. So come on, give me a call. MarioRosales.com. Yes, international even. Yep. I've done work with people in England and, and Australia. So I've, I've been all over the place. Awesome. So he's your go-to guy for all things tech life balance. Website again? MarioRosales.com. Miguel Dean is a catalyst, seer, healer, and holder of sacred space. Having made significant progress over 20 years alchemizing the twin flame union of the divine masculine and feminine within, he now offers sacred masculine healing sessions, poems, blogs, books, and videos at MiguelDean.net. Miguel says, and I grabbed this quote off his website, when the inner and outer relationship between man and woman is restored to balance, peace, and harmony, it is the children of these relationships who will benefit most. And these children shall grow up to be the healthy, whole, visionary leaders and change makers of the future. When the two become one, we are home. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Welcome and thanks for joining us, Miguel. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Yeah, a, a real honor. Thank you so much for the invitation. And uh, thank you for making the time uh, to read Bring Him Home. Oh, what a treat that was. I was just saying before the show, I read a lot of books, and this one this one was a joy, and particularly because I'm in a conscious relationship. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, the, I'm so jealous. I wish I could meet an awakened partner, and that must be so wonderful. And I just look at him and go, you, you haven't been there, have you? <laughs> <laughs> you do a great uh, job in the book talking about that. Yeah, the, the roller coaster ride, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a roller coaster ride full of mirrors because it's always reflecting back to us our next thing that we're either ready to see or not about ourselves, our next invitation to, to heal and expand. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like the phrase. You know that everything that is not love will be brought to the surface, will be purged through conscious relationship. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Well, you did have some, you had a pretty good level of awareness when you met the person that you were in love with in this book. What was your background kind of prior to the two of you connecting? Yeah, the, the, I guess the short answer to that is it felt like, uh, you know, a series of, in inverted commas, failed relationships. Um, I think I've redefined that whole failed thing uh, <laughs> for me now. Actually, you know, the success of a relationship isn't dependent on its longevity, but on how deep we travel and how much we learn, uh, you know, about ourselves and, and life and so on. So, yeah, that you know, I'd been married uh, for about 10 years. I'd been in a relationship, you know, with the mother of my children. Yeah, who, who I was also married to for about 15 years. And then I'd had a couple of longish term, three or four year relationships after my divorce. And yeah, you know, I, I, I guess that there'd just been so much pain and angst and um, disharmony in all of those relationships that, you know, when I, by the time, you know, the beginning of Bring Him Home arrived, I'd reached this point where I'd said to myself, I, I guess I'd been, I'd, I'd been slightly cowardly and, and I knew that I needed to face some inner demons and I knew that I was trying to make myself whole by, uh, you know, the, uh, finding a woman that would complete me. I knew I was doing that. But and I knew that I had to do something different. But previously, there'd always just been this little tiny hope of, oh, perhaps I won't have to go to those places inside myself. Perhaps I, you know, I will just meet the right woman. That means that I don't have to do that work. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I can just settle, settle for a sort of normal relationship. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I now know I, I've given up on trying to be normal, Cheryl, <laughs> and realized that that's just not my that's not my path at all. So I was at the place where I was ready and I, I actually said to God, I said, look, OK, I'm not running anymore. I put my sword in the ground. I'm ready to do whatever is needed to, you know, to find peace and to heal this wound, this wound with the mother wound, wound with the feminine. I'm ready to deal with it once and for all, thinking that that would mean it was time for me to spend time on my own because I'd been a bit of a serial monogamist and, you know, was very resistant to being with myself. So I thought, you know, you know, life would say, all right, OK, you're, you're on your own. But life said, OK, well, if you're really ready, we'll bring you a woman that will really, uh, you know, uh, rock your boat and, and make sure that you, you know, none of the little bits of work that need doing get missed out. That, that's kind of that's kind of where I uh, where I was. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, you guys had a really you did a great job of expressing both the passion and the frustration and the causes kind of of that, the underlying things that were coming up. And one of the things that I want to point out that I really loved about the way you wrote the book is there wasn't a good guy, bad guy to this thing. You wrote it from a very mature, healed perspective looking back. Like, okay, there is no bad guy. There's nobody needs to take the fall for the fact that this worked or that didn't work. You really Mm -hmm. paint a respectful picture of you both are just, and it's the way I look at relationships anyway now, we're just where we are, and we attract where we are to move to another space, either together or ultimately not so together. So it's, that's kind of how relationships function in our lives. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it was really important to me, Cheryl, that that I had my lover's um, approval of the book. You know, there's no good me writing a book with the intention of it helping to heal the wounds between man and woman if the woman that's in the book hates the book, and, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, is doing everything that she can, perhaps, you know, to, to stop it getting out there. Right. So it was really important that that I did paint, you know, a balanced picture. I was very conscious of that. Um, and actually, the way things transpired was that, let's just call her my beloved. My beloved actually re- got, got to read the book and read bits of it, be- you know, before it had its, before it was, um, published it, that, that there's a funny story about that the book kept bringing us back together you know because what <laughs> would happen is we were together it felt like the relationship had ended we'd separated I started writing the book then I realized oh my goodness you know I, I she needs I need to she needs to be okay with this I need to let her know I can't do this secretly and so on so we met up to talk about the book and ended up getting back together again so then the book got put on hold. Then we, then, then it all went pear shaped again, and we separated. <laughs> so then I carried on writing. It'll be like, all right, now this is the end of the story. I can keep writing. And then we came back together again. And but so, and it was always the book that brought us back together. It, it was really strange. Um, so yeah, it was really big for me that it, it wasn't a good good guy, bad guy. It, you know, we, we're all just doing the best that we can, trying to make sense of this beautiful messy human experience that we've all been gifted yes exactly and something else i want to point out is it was written through your perspective obviously because you were the participant in the relationship but at the same time it doesn't estrange a, a female reader like it's very easy for me to step into okay and here i'm, I'm connecting i i can see myself in him now i see myself in her now i see because we are both masculine and feminine within each one of our bodies and so the things that come up are masculine and feminine aspects of all of us so there is no male readership or female readership i think it's written for all of us yeah absolutely that's as beautiful that, that that you've distilled that and brought that yeah brought that to to the surface Cheryl I, I really appreciate that um and that, you know that was one of the reasons why it was yeah I didn't use any names you know all the way through it was just him and her because I wanted because I knew that it, it is that it's universal you know it my what I've come to know through writing is that we're all living different versions of the same story so, you know, this story from from oneness to duality back to oneness. So it felt really important for me, yeah, that I didn't want to make it personal. It was, this is my micro story, but this is the story of man and woman. This is where we are as a collective. This, you know, this is so much bigger than me and my beloved. Absolutely. Definitely. And the title of it, Bring Him Home, A Twin Flame Love Story, that title continued to shift meanings for me as I moved through the book. It's like, oh, okay, he means this by the title. Oh, no, he means this. And even looking at it today, it's like, oh, my gosh, he means all of this by that title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On some level, it it is bring, it's bringing the sacred masculine home, bringing man home to his heart. It's bringing us home. And and of course, you know, the, the, the guidance that that my beloved had that she heard in meditation that that was what that was what was going on you know she didn't really understand 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 
the significance of those words bring him home. But when she spoke those words to me, there was no, you know, not one iota of, of doubt uh, of what was actually at play. Yeah. And, and for when we're younger and we're less awakened, bring him home obviously means bring him home. Like I want to bring him back to my place. So, so there's like so many levels to that it, uh, yeah, that it can yeah. tap into. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the way with everything? Hey, it's just once you, yeah, once you really look at the things there's just so many layers and levels, aren't there? It's, it's, uh, yeah, it keeps things interesting, huh? It does. <laughs> I would like to touch on the twin flame love story part of the title because it is a twin flame love story. And if you ask 10 people what a twin flame is, you get 10 different answers. I've noticed yeah. that about talking about the book with my friends. So what, how do you define a twin flame? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to give it the, the twin flame bit seemed to create a, a connection really between you know the sort of spiritual concepts and, and elements and depth of the book and the the the, the perhaps more romantic three-dimensional sort of aspects of the story so because i wanted it to you know i didn't want to just be pre, uh, just to be preaching to the converted you know i, I wanted the book to be able to, to reach perhaps People that might have been interested, that might have read Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, people that were just interested in romance or sexuality and, and relationships. So, uh, you know, I wanted it to be quite, have quite a broad title and, and for the title to give some indication, you know, of what was actually in, what was in there. Um, the word twin flame, yeah, you probably get 11, you probably have 11 different responses to what twin flame, what a twin flame is when I finish mine, but, um, you see, a lot of people seem to believe, you know, for them, it's about a soul that was split in half. And, you know, you are just half of your soul in your body and you're looking for your other half to complete you. For me, that doesn't resonate. Um, and, you know, I only like to share really what I know in my own experience. So I don't have an experience of that. So that's not my definition of twin flame. Uh, because That just seems like a bit of a spiritual add-on to the whole romantic thing of somebody else will complete me which you know is a such a destructive red herring really you know i think that 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 belief that that falsity has an awful lot of uh negative results to answer for really so but for me uh, the the twin flame is, is really just kind of like a supercharged conscious relationship you know where two people that are, that, that are reasonably conscious that choose, choose to come together in order to be a better version of themselves and are very aware that it's not about the other person making me happy. Um, on the contrary, to some degree, the other person's role is to draw any unhappiness out of me. Um, so, yeah, supercharged, catalytic, conscious relationship, I think, is by uh, is the short answer of what is a twin flame? What, is it, what does twin flame mean to me? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Especially what you said at the end, it's to draw out what is blocking my happiness. It's not to make me happy. And that complete me and make me happy is the old codependent way that has been in place for a long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's time has come. Uh, You know, if we look around at the, you know, quality of of, of relationships, I mean, it's such fundamental foundational work, isn't it? Because relationship is the 
nature of this human experience you know it's the nature of the universe where everything is in relationship to something else and and at the bottom of that is our relationship with ourself with our with you know with the planet with other people so yeah you know unless we, until we start getting relationships right relationships with god with relationships with ourselves with relationships with the divine how can we build anything solid on such a shaky foundation that is such a valid point and i kind of look at it because of the whole creating our reality reflective universe conversation that what's showing up in the relationship is what i'm ready to see and explore about myself and heal and love and embrace about myself. And so it does play out in all of our relationships. And it's kind of ironic when you look at it that way to think, okay, and then I I went from that person to that person to that person, and it's always been me. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the same stuff comes up, again, sort of like different flavors or, you know, from slightly <laughs> different angles or whatever. But yeah, it, it's it's always me. Wherever I go, there I am. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the bit that you, you mentioned just previously, Cheryl, about the, yeah, you know, tr- balancing the, the challenges and the passion of the book, it certainly seemed to me that the the passion, the, the, the sacred sexuality was so beautiful and was so, yeah, so intense and so divine that it, it, that was the glue that kept us together to do the work. You know, if that hadn't been as good as it was, you know, we probably both would have run in opposite directions from each other quite quickly because, the, you know, with the challenges and the trauma and so on that came up. Right. And also I wanted to, you know, as I was writing those bits, there was an awful lot of internal commentary. You know, who do you think you are, Miguel? What are you doing writing this? You can't <laughs> write stuff like this. But I really, I just pushed through that because I wanted there to be a, a, from a man's perspective, perspective, you know, a man's experience of romance and relationship and, and sex sort of from a conscious place. Partly, you know, as, as I mentioned before, to sort of delete the energy of Fifty Shades of Grey a little bit, you know. It was, people. it's important that people know that there, the potential of sacred union and, and sacred sex and so on, it doesn't have to be about you know, acting out and, you know, all shadow stuff and so on, which it just amazed me that Fifty Shades of Grey was such a rubbish, a terribly written book and so on. But it, you know, it it did what it did. So there was a motivation for me of there needs to be something out there written by a man, man's perspective on relationship that is the other end of the spectrum from Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) You did a great job with that. It's a great romance. It's a great story about sacred sexuality it yeah it hits on so many points and you're not the first spiritual person to be inspired by that book to want to write a better book about sacred (laughs) sexuality and romance and all of that so I think it's great that it catalyzed many people in different directions to speak more about this because it's time to talk about sacred union sacred balancing of masculine and feminine sacred sexuality it's time has come so i think the more people are inspired by that the better yeah yeah i'm I'm totally with you there cheryl totally so i've seen that since this book or maybe at the same time as this book you've really gone into helping men, I guess, in particular, balance their masculine and feminine? Or do you work also with women with that? Or what? how has this affected your course of 
service and that you offer. Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. Yeah, it, it, it's in, uh, pretty much everybody comes to the same conclusion as, uh, as you did there in, in as much as I, I actually work 90% of my one-to-one clients are women and uh, and yeah they do come for the sacred union mentoring and in what I'm seeing you know looking at the patterns is uh, yeah every woman has quite a deep father wound mm-hmm. and so they come to me to have a quite often the women haven't worked with a man before you know there's lots of trust issues Uh, you know some of the stories are really fierce rape and abuse and horrendous things you know that that they've experienced uh through through men and so they they they, it seems that they come to have an experience of a clean clear masculine template so that i can just hold them energetically and be that safe container which is what the masculine is all about, really, you know, is about uh, protection and safety and security in order to. And then then when they, you know, when when they feel that safety and they have that experience of being with a man who doesn't want anything from them, there's no agenda, then they relax and begin to open. And then the feminine can blossom and, and flower while they start replacing their distorted masculine template and 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 doing things different in their lives and looking at the unconscious programs that have been running that have been you know fueling those uh, distorted masculine programs that, are, that that they've inherited from past experiences so it's it's mostly with women uh with, with that and you know and that is what we work towards it's nearly always healing the masculine uh, exploring those wounds and so on and, and, and coming to terms with those and then just the, the feminine stuff just kind of flowers and blossoms all, all by itself you know that's so true yes that's exactly what my partnership with Mario has done for me and I've I've denied it I've run from it I've I've rejected it I've embraced it I've rejected it again I <laughs> this guy could write his own book probably but it's it's I did not know what to do with that degree of clear, unconditional love from a man. Mm. And what that has allowed me to do is learn how to give that to myself. Yeah. And it's yeah. such a beautiful experience to work with a man who can help not only to heal. And for me, it was not just the the sexual abuse from the men, but it was also a very angry, abused mother role from yeah so so the whole thing was distorted because when one's distorted they both become distorted because who the feminine becomes to exist with that distorted masculine i mean it's just yeah so once you get one partner that's that can hold that space then the other can come and and then it's taking him into healing some things for him and it's really beautiful to allow that to come forth in a relationship in a coaching session wherever you can find that space yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, if if we haven't, I, I guess it, this is what's coming to my awareness right now. You know, unless we've have the experience of healthy masculine, how do we? You know, how can we model it? Or you know, we we can't add it to ourselves, can we? If we don't know what it is that we haven't got, as it were. So when we have that experience, it's like, oh, my God, this is what it feels like, or this is what it looks like, or, 
we can see what it is that we need to give to ourselves. But whereas previously it's like something's missing, but I don't know what it is because I've never I've never seen it. I've never been shown it. I've never had an experience of it. Exactly. Yes. And then and then it, it's not even like we necessarily need a map to get through it. Once it appears, then we just know where we need to get to. Like you say, the feminine just blossoms. So Mario passed me a question here. How would a woman know when she if she's ready to do this? Because this is this can be some deep, intense stuff. How does a woman know she's ready? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, there's, a, I mean, most of the people that I work with come through that come to me through Facebook or you know just through googling, you know, just through just through the internet. But then the majority of them say that they were really kind of like guided, and that you know, once they sort of landed on my page or found me, there's like, all oh, right, I, there's this strong intuition, kind of, I need to, I need to connect with this man. There, there's something here. So the intuition is is really powerful, you know, and and I think women generally, um, you know, can tap into their intuition a little bit easier. That it take for man, it's a bit of a bigger journey getting back in touch with the intuition. So and you know, you're ready. The mind will never say that you're ready. The mind always says, <laughs> you know, you're not quite ready. But it, it's when you just kind of like transcend that, and and, and I feel like it happened for me when I put my sword in the ground, when I committed, when I said, okay, I am ready, I am ready to do the work. I, you know, usually it's when you've had enough failed relationships, when you've been miserable enough, when you've realized that, you know, you're just going round and round and you go, okay, I need to do this differently. You know, I've, I've had enough. I surrender. Um, I'm not going to argue with life anymore. I know that this is what I need to do. So I guess that would be my guidance around, you know, when you know it's the right time, a woman will know, she will feel it and she will be ready. And it's ready when you decide you're ready to a certain extent, you know? That's a great response. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. A great many friends of mine are in what I will call spiritually imbalanced relationships. One's on kind of one path and one's on the other. And so they've got enough shared ground or enough comfort or enough history or whatever that that works for them right now. Mm-hmm. But then there are a lot of other relationships that seem to be crumbling right now because one partner wants to do more of this kind of work and the other is like, no, I'm not into that. And so they, they come apart or one's trying to get the other interested and they're not quite getting there. I, I think there's a great many people who are in, you know, some place of struggling in relationship right now with the conscious unconscious piece. What can you share about that that might be beneficial for them to hear right now? Mmm, juicy question, Cheryl. You have some good questions. Thank you. <laughs> I guess the first thing I would say is that you can't do it wrong. I don't believe that you can make, uh, you know, I'm, I'm letting go more and more of the whole duality thing, you know, right and wrong and this way or that way. It's like it's all going the same place. And, and whatever decision we make, the, the opportunities, the experiences that we need in order for us to be the best possible version of ourselves to come home to our own inner union will be orchestrated. Life will orchestrate them. So it doesn't matter too much whether you do it with the partner that you're with, whether you decide to do some of that work by yourself or whether you decide to, you know, to separate or, or, or begin a new relationship really, because, you know, if somebody's really not ready and doesn't want to do the work with you, then it may be that you decide, yeah, okay, well, then it's time for us to go our separate ways. 
at the same time, it's both partners don't, you know, I think it's probably very rare that both partners are as committed or uh, on exactly the same level, if you like, of spiritual awareness, you know, to, to engage in doing the work. It's not like you have to be totally even because it is possible for you to do the work and your partner not to terribly engage in the spiritual work consciously because let's say he he will get involved because as you shift and change the dynamic has to shift uh you know because it, it can't stay the same if one part one one pair of the partnership is doing things differently then the other will have to adjust so they will have a choice to either adjust and go with it or to say i don't like these adjustments you know and i'm going to go my separate ways it's you know, it's so in the moment and it's so you know, dependent on each situation, really, you know, what what you decide. But, you know, as I say, relax in making the decision because you can't make a wrong decision. Whatever is coming to you will come to you, whichever route you choose to travel. Great answer. And when you were talking about the right and wrong, what I felt in my gut from that codependent history that I come from as well is when I am afraid to let go, it's because, oh my God, what's going to happen without it? Like it's that, that clinging, that hanging on, like I'm, I'm giving the power away to an external part when it's really my own internal that's feeling the wound. Is that the way you describe it or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we have to, yeah, you know, it's all about our own sovereignty and our own power isn't it uh, mm-hmm. just returning to that coming to that and coming to that place where we where relationship becomes a you know the icing on the cake it's something beautiful extra but it, and it's something that we want something that is not very natural for us but it's not coming from a wounded child needy complete me sort of space you said that so perfectly. I didn't want to say anything afterwards. I'm like, wow, that was perfect. Yes, that's what we're aspiring toward. Mm. And we're all wherever we're at on that journey, right? We're in a million different places on that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and the journey is the destination. The, yes. the, there's nowhere really to reach. You know, the, the only the, the destination that we inevitably we will reach at some point is that these, you know, that these bodies will fall away. But it's it's not to sort of like think, oh, I'm going to arrive at this place where then I'm in bliss or I've ascended or or, or whatever. It's it's the journey. It's the commitment. It's the saying, you know, I value myself and I honor myself enough to do this work. And, you know, as I travel, those are the gifts. The gift isn't just arriving at the end. The gift is the heart being opened, you know, broken open to be more compassionate to others because of the pain we experience ourselves or the, that our <clears throat> empathy grows or, <clears throat> you know, or that we just fall in love with life. And, and uh, you know, there are all sorts of things that will happen along the journey. And, and all you need to do is engage and, and uh, you know, fully and commit and say, yeah, th- th- this is it. And whether it's an easy bit or a challenging bit, it's all just as valuable and I embrace and accept it all. And there's a lot of healing and looking backward with that same compassionate understanding at the quote unquote failed relationships. Because, you know, if I try and look at what part of my life made me who I am now, every single bit of all of it made me who I am now. And we can tend to look at the unpleasant ones and go, wow, I don't really want to own that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the mind always wants to look, the, the mind always focusing focuses on what's not sorted and, you know, what needs mending and what needs healing and what isn't okay. Well, yeah, we, it, often we have to consciously just bring our attention back and, and remind ourselves, well, let's, let's see where we've traveled, you know, let's see the, where we've come from. And, you know, for me, rejection around, you know, because I lost my mother as a, as a, as a baby, the, the rejection thing was just so big for me. But I, I notice now when I experience any sort of situation that could be interpreted as rejection from woman, the, you know, it used to be a sort of 90% emotional trigger for me, whereas now it's maybe 5%. So, you know, just to keep noticing how the things that used to we used to find really challenging aren't quite as challenging now. And incrementally, you know, that just keeps moving in the right direction. And we just keep finding that just coming back to a more peaceful place, just being at peace with ourselves and with life and not getting triggered and not being kind of like puppeted you know it's like you, that life pulls your strings and you one moment you're up and the next minute you're down when you're living from an external validation point of reference when you're coming from that internal validation of I'm at peace with myself and yeah my relationship with myself is growing better and more loving and deeper all the time you know that that's when those are the rewards you know those are the rewards and the, and the benefits of doing this work as as well as the communion with another human being, which is perhaps again, well, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, so I'll say it, the pinnacle of this human experience. Yes. Mario and I talk about the two individuals becoming whole side by side and then joining together and how different that looks than a you complete me, I complete you, and then we join together and we're we're kind of grabbing for what we feel we don't have versus sharing yeah. all that we believe we are with each other it's a it's a completely different energy and it's so beautiful yeah i, I like the the whole you know the trinity thing the unity and trinity and that you know when the vesica pisces and and the divine child you know that went to the potential for the with the union of the masculine and feminine then the divine child is born and it sounds like you know you know i'm I'm guessing here a little bit, but, you know, perhaps one of the divine children that has come through you and Mario, you know, is this podcast series. <laughs> yes, definitely. It's it's beautiful, you know, to hear Mario's, uh, you know, contributing as, as well, and you know, that you're working on this beautiful work, this contribution to the to the collective that, that, that you're immersed in and that you're doing it together. That, that That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it is. And, you know, a lot of it has been, I think, because I am a broadcaster, that's been my life is like, I'm, I'm a very public person. But healing the sexual wound, healing intimacy, going into conscious relationship has been messy. And it's been, it's been something that I've kept personal, pet private. You know, I've mm -hmm. talked a little bit about it here and there, but it's more private. And now mm -hmm. I'm finally coming to a space where I'm embracing the totality of me and the totality of Mario and I together. And we want to start working with couples. And, and I do think it's important, at least for me, it's been important to take the time that I needed privately to heal things that are more private for me so that I can then share that. And I invite women to do that, to create that space of taking care of ourselves because we are the worst at giving it all away. We really are. 
Yeah. Uh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't 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 find yourself lost in the the the, the martyr syndrome or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's and, and and you're right. You know, there there is a place. I believe there is a place for women to do work with women. Women to do work on their own, men to do work on their own, men to do work with men, and for men and women to do work the work together as well. Yes. You know, they, they all have their place. Um, and, and, and often when you're, you know, a lot of the people that I work with are single, a lot of the women, you know, they're not in relationship, although they usually do find themselves in relationship not too long afterwards or very quickly <laughs> once we start working together. But you know, I say, yeah, do your work by yourself. You know, don't don't rush into, oh, I have to have a man or I have to, you know, I have to have a partner to do this work. Do what you can with yourself because it's kind of like doing the theory. Once you find yourself in relationship, it's like the practical part of the assessment. And, you know, it, it will give you a very clear indication of how far you've traveled doing that work by yourself because, you know, in relation to how your partner triggers you, you might think, I'd sorted that wound and then you get in relationship and it's like, <laughs> oh, right, there's there's some more work to be done there. Absolutely. And I, I am the first to admit that I thought I was ready for a relationship long before I was really ready for a relationship with Mario. And that's part of why all the stops and starts and all the painful things that we've experienced together, because I, I was ready to jump right in. And the tricky bit about that is then you know, then, then you're constantly in that, whether you're really ready for it or not. And so I even Mm. had to step out a couple of times and I I said, I'm just not, I can't do this right now. I'm just not ready. (laughs) Those, I I can remember saying those exact words actually. Yeah. I can't do this. this. (laughs) Run away, run away. Exactly. <laughs> he's over here laughing. He prefers yes. to be off mic most of the time, but he's he's enjoys these conversations and he's over here laughing too. So I'm sure he relates. <laughs> yes, yes. Wow, we've had a fabulous conversation. I'm wondering what we haven't touched on that's on your heart to speak about. <laughs> oh, I guess... You know, I, I've touched on this briefly, but the intention, as you can probably discern from the, the uh, what's it called, the bit at the front of the book, the, yeah, the, the, the work that I do is so much motivated by my desire to create a more beautiful world, you know, for the children and the generations to come. And so, you know, it, it just feels, I think it's important to remember that Anybody that's going through their relationship work, you know, that is bringing consciousness to it and, and uh, you know, endeavoring to find that union within themselves, just remember that you're, you are also doing that for the collective and for all the children, uh, you know, that are here now and the children, children to come. There's no much, you know, the, the, the sacred masculine, I believe, you know, is, is a man that plants trees in whose shade he knows that he shall not sit. You know, we do this work for everybody, for for the children. It's not just about this little personal, oh, I want to be happy and, you know, and I want to be loved. Once we really get into the work, we realize that there's, we can't really differentiate between doing our own union work and the, and the, 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 how that contributes to the collective in that the people that we bump into, you know, people that read our books or blogs or listen to our podcast series, that it is powerful 
so desperately needed and, and such foundational work that will, you know, that, that's part of the new earth, really, and, and part of deleting and uh, letting go of the wounds and the misguided darkness, you know, that has been around with uh, patriarchy for, for much too long. Oh, that was so beautifully put. And you almost had me in tears. It's it's perfectly timed statement as we plug into different outlets of the media or our communities and we find so many triggers for frustration and concern over the future. Let us turn that into becoming the best that we can be so that we create that better future. Because I think it's easy to get distracted into the anger and the the fear yeah. and the sadness right now of what's going on globally, but there's, yeah. there's a better outlet for that. There's a better channel for that energy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's time to take our power back. Take yes. our power back. There's no more powerful way than yeah, just claiming your sovereignty and your sovereignty, your inner kingdom. When your King and queen are sat on the throne inside you, people like that can't be manipulated. They can't, they will follow their integrity. They won't follow laws and rules that are not in alignment with love and truth. It's the most revolutionary thing that you can do is work on your inner union, in my humble opinion. And mine. Thank you. That was so perfectly stated. I I think we should close the show there. I love it. Thank you so much, Miguel Dean. The book is Bring Him Home. And you owe it to yourself to read it. It's a very enjoyable romance. Uh, little, some Definitely some sizzly hot scenes in there as well. But some of the sizzliest, hottest stuff in there is what's going on inside. And that's always the way. So thank you for joining us today. And thank you, listener, for joining us. We'd love to know what you think at journeyofpossibilities.com. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities. <laughs>